You know what that is? That's the sound of freedom. Sound of freedom. Yeah. Today, uh, where the pavement ends, going to be brought to you by Sig Sour. Quite possibly the greatest piece of equipment that you can carry around in your day-to-day life. If you're into doing that sort of thing in your day-to-day life. If you're not doing it in your day-to-day life, it's quite possibly the greatest thing you can carry every once in a while when you're out in the hills. That little slide you hear clicking back there is what, Clayton? This is the new dispatch gun for us when we're out coyote hunt. You know, every now and again, you don't make the perfect shot on the old coyote. Get a little nervous. Not to mention they're tough. Tough. Might have to do a little running shot when I miss with the shotgun. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. anything could happen. So So I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that have been out there where they walk up in the coyotes just a little bit alive. And you ever shot one right in the face and it's still alive? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They're tough. Mm-hmm. But that's where this comes into play. I always have a little pistol on me, and I just got this new one in. It's the P322, little 22. 22 full, caliber It's a full-size, full yeah, full-size pistol. But Correct me if I'm wrong. You're going to atop that a uh, Vortex Red Dot? Yes, sir. Not quite sure what one yet, but I think that's going to be that'll slick. Be, that'll be real slick. You can, I mean, even the, this even has a little rail on the bottom. You can put a flashlight on or laser, laser or whatever you want on the bottom. Have you ordered some sort of holster for it yet? Nope. You better get on that because we got. <laughs> I know we, we, we got, got a, coming up there in a week. You I do. I think Mike's uh, universal fit for the first trip. Alien gear. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I like it. It feels good. I haven't shot it yet. Just came in, so I haven't quite memorized their tagline yet. But it's it, it's something to the effect of a a really awesome gun for anybody who wants a gun. Whether you're in the military, you're a professional shooter, you're an everyday carry. You know, Second law, Amendment, law enforcement, law enforcement. Law enforcement. Yeah. yeah, no that that is the cool thing because, ooh, um, if. Obviously, if our people protecting us rely on it, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty <laughs> pretty good for pretty us. <laughs> boat of confidence. Uh, if yeah, the, the the boys in blue carry them, it's got to be a pretty good gun. I'm excited mm. to uh, never see that get used. Hopefully, just all great shots right off the bat. Maybe shoot a couple <laughs> of beer cans out just to make sure it works good. But no, it's fine. You know, what we've do you all think? been carrying. Feels a, good. We've all been carrying a a, a, a dispatch you know, weapon, if you will. And, uh, it's just a good thing to have on you. Even if you had a little foresight, maybe one mag with some snake shot in it, you know, maybe, uh, you run across old buzzworm out there. That's a little too close to you or speaking of me, speaking of snakes, (laughs) we haven't seen one in 10 years. You just saw one, (laughs) not a rattlesnake, but yesterday Clint came over and, we were looking for some stuff and we went into the other garage and walked out the middle. You know, there's the little foot and a half dividing uh, beam between the two garage doors, Yeah, you know, up front. And we walked out basically right there out of the garage and he walked right by in front of me 
And I saw a little movement and I looked down and screamed like a little girl. <laughs> and there was a five foot bull snake coiled up in the garage right there. And I was like, what the hell? And so anyway, I caught him and put him out, out here in the back of the sagebrush. But you don't was, want him over in the garden in case there's. I, well, I, I would have put him over on the chicken coop if oh. I would have kept him, you know, had some had a way to keep him. But I just, I'm, I'm sure he'll come back. And What right. would the chickens do with him? Pick no, his he, eyes out. Yeah, kill but, him. but him, he'll, he? he'll only come out. Uh, he might eat some eggs, but they would kill him. But he would just hang out underneath. We had one underneath the water there for a little bit. And he just ate all the mice. Yeah, they're not bad to have around. I don't ever kill them. Nope. Yeah, bulls never bull good to have around. This, uh, this little pistol is very nice, by the way. Yes, sir. The grip on it's nice and uh, granulated, I would say. Light. What What's the uh, what's the magazine hold? You're going to put me on the spot. I 10, I imagine, huh? No, I'd probably say more than that. 20. 20? Maybe even 30. Because there's a 10, a 20, and yeah, I would look on this. On the side, it has a 10 mark, 20 mark, and then there's it goes past the 20 mark. So probably 30, right? Unless it just gets... Uh, no, I think if you pull that all the way down, the bottom of that is at the 20. So this is a 20-round oh, neck. That's 20. badass. Yeah, two of them, too. That's worth the price of uh, entry right there, folks. A 20-round mag. And that's that's light, rad. That's lightweight, huh? That's going to be a nice little piece right there. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I was just going to say, hopefully we don't get to use it, but we have the chance yeah. to use it in... Well, we're shooting we're shooting some beer cans Less, Less, no, about a week. A week from tomorrow. We get, we're going to head up for the first go this year. We've been talking about it for weeks. And uh, <laughs> it, it's funny, Clint and I were talking this morning and it, he's like, you know, you, you think you have all this time. And now all of a sudden we're eight days away from leaving. You know, nothing's packed. They haven't gone to the grocery store. You know, not 100% sure where we're going to camp. Not 100% sure where we're going to hunt. We do know. How many people are going? How many right. trucks are going? What trailers? Yeah, we got we, we got all that stuff figured out now. But part of it's the weather we've had. Just, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say 85 Clay, degrees today. Just before we saw that bull snake yesterday, Clay was saying, you know, something or other about going out early season. I'm like. It does feel like it's early season, but it's going to be basically mid-October by the time we're out. It's just that everything's been delayed because of our heat wave out here. I know. It's so hot. So My strawberries were dying. It feels like it's a month ago as far as the timeline of them. We're usually, almost a month and a half ago. I mean, late August sometimes we'll get out and call a bit if we got antelope tags and stuff. And here yeah. we are, quote unquote, early season. <laughs> and it's going to be mid-October. Yeah. My strawberries and blueberries or uh, blackberries sprouted again because of the weather. They all died Three weeks ago, a month ago, not nothing. And now with two weeks of 80 degree weather, they're all like, hey, we're back in spring already. <laughs> so it's so funny you say that because I have not a, not as many, but, a, a, you know, a few bunches of blackberries that came back out again. But then I had a couple pepper plants and I'm no I'm no farmer, but all of a sudden they got flowers on them again and start growing peppers again. It's weird. They weird weather. Be, they're getting tricked a lot this year. Well, and it's uh. It's funny with the watering thing, you know, I, I get up in the morning and usually I water that stuff every morning, you know, and uh, then a couple mornings I was like, man, it's pretty cold, so I don't do it. But then all of a sudden the afternoon hits and it's 90 degrees and everything's getting smoked. I had turned my sprinklers down because I was growing mushrooms because it wasn't so hot, didn't need as much water. 
turned them down. Then it, you know, started burning in some spots. I had to turn them back up. Now I'm growing <laughs> mushrooms again. Turn them back down. Weird. It's been a weird year for sure for weather here. Hopefully, though, by uh, Wednesday next, next weekend week. or next week, or it'll be a little bit nicer. I know the the early forecast is looking decently in our favor. Yep. But I'm, ten days from now, ten days from <laughs> Never now, know. Nevada, you can't really. At least if we just get. The overnight, you know, get a lot colder overnight. That's what we need. Yeah. yeah. And I did notice some like 30 degree temperatures. So it's funny. Uh, a lot of times we look at it being super cold and you think it's going to be, you know, just unbelievable hunting and it sucks. Yeah. So I, I wonder this, the sweet spot might be where we're talking about this 30, you know, 30, 32 degree weather. Hopefully no wind. I mean, it's going to warm up during the day, and at that point, our eyes will be on the ground picking up shiny rocks. But <laughs> I'm putting know. them right. I, back. I have high hopes, at least for the coyote hunting. Yeah, the deer I've, hunting. We're kind of speculating a little bit, but I'm trying to think optimistically. I think we talked about this a few weeks back, but uh, being that it has been delayed, even just from an animal standpoint, it's it's hard on them too to to hunt. Other than at nighttime, as as warm as it's been, and the overnight lows have been really high, so their hunting season's kind of getting condensed too. So I think that kind of almost works in our favor. Once it cools down, you would think they're going to get after it extra hard and fast because they've, they've been having to conserve energy and be a little bit more lethargic just because of how warm it is. So I think that we potentially could have a, 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 a unique season over the last decade. This is kind of different than, than I can think of in the last 10 years yeah. being I- this warm for this long. Oh yeah, for sure. So, I mean, normally by like we'll the, get to evaluate it, and we haven't something we haven't been able to do in quite a long time. So it'll be interesting. You we know. always do an over under. Sure. What, what's your over under for and the I'm weekend? Not just not just this trip, but just in general. I think I think that you know the 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 hunting that is drawn out for us over the last two months is going to get condensed into October, November. We've got four months, you know, until February, right? So we got four months where we would normally have six months. Yeah. So I would think the hunting is going to be a bit better. Better Day, the daytime hunting. So what's you know? your over under on the on the four day tally total coyote? Seven. Uh, seven. Well, one caveat on the four days is we are also going to be doing some scouting and hunting for deer. So sure. as far as pure coyote hunting, um, yeah, I think I, I would go. I mean, if I'm the second to go, I'm going to go eight. Going over? Are you going six and under? I'll go nine. I'll go nine just to give you some. No, that doesn't give you enough room. Let me see. You went seven. I went seven. I'll go ten. Oh. See, I like I like that number ten. I think you kind of. I'll go ten, me. so that gives you a chance to go just in between, or obviously you got to go low or high. Ten's my number. So you let met- me let me oh, ask let me ask a question. Are we coyote hunting while they're deer hunting? Being that there's you know. You kind of got two teams being established. I understand we'll go help, maybe go do some spotting, but are we calling stands without Claire? You're talking the, <laughs> the two days that, that we're well, out there. When we're on seven after day two, of course, we're going to Yeah, and then we're scouting again. <laughs> ten. <laughs> That's an easy one. I think we got to get over ten. I'm going the over. I'm going to take over 11. ten. I think so. Damn. You, you got to get five. You got to get. You got to get five a day, and then a couple bonus ones. And I could rationalize that. The last mule deer that I've harvested, we, we were coyote hunting. Cut spooked to a degree on a midday coyote stand. Yeah. So coyote hunting in the middle of the day is deer hunting. Right. Yeah. That so, too. That turned into one hell of a hunt. So there you go. 
So yes, yeah, you keep mentioning a deer hunt. I guess we should tell uh, Jared, who's been on here several times and some other podcasts. Um, his fourteen-year-old daughter Ainsley first deer tag. So that'll be exciting. Had she been putting in before? Yeah. So it took her two years to draw youth. Three tag years, that? 12, 13, 14. This is her third year. That's stupid. Yep. Uh, Ashley put in and didn't get one until she was the last year, 16. She and went, put in every she year? Went, she went one for four, so it happens. That's brutal. There ought to be some kind of a little sidebar. You know, if, if, you, if you're out one year, you're guaranteed to get one year or two. They could do our... I don't have the answers, but I feel like they could do our draw better. So 14, first deer tag, first... First big game tag? First dog ever. First tag ever. She's a heck of a shot. I saw her shoot the other day. Uh, so now, is Jared uh, is Jared a hunter? Oh, yeah. He puts in every year. He hasn't been lucky the past couple of years, but he has, he's been putting in for close because of his work. So... He only puts in for some, you know, hard right. to get areas. He wants to hunt them off of Montello Road like his clients. <laughs> uh, well, that'll be cool. I, I, I'm a. And then, of course, we've talked about it. My brother's got his tag. He's in uh, Europa uh, for his honeymoon. Yeah. So he's not going to be there. He's going to make us take two trips out there, which is really nice of him. Um, but we'll be scouting for him. Scouting. Ainsley, for, what's her goal? Anything? I've talked to her several times, and obviously I've known her since she was born. And every time I cook wild game, it doesn't matter what it is, especially deer, she'll, I mean, it's gone before anybody else even gets a chance to take a bite of it. She absolutely loves it. So I did talk to her. Crack. I did talk to her about it, and she just like, Everybody else, I'd like to shoot a nice deer, but when it comes down to it, I want the meat. And she has one weekend to get this done? No, she she can come up next week or the following weekend, but it'll be. I say we find her a good three point, maybe a really good, like a fork and horn, a little bit older deer, that type of deer. I think that'd be perfect no, for No, and I, she'd be tickled with any of that. And because she's, she literally, she, it's hard for a kid to say that, you know, to love the meat so much <laughs> i never thought about one ounce of meat you know when you yeah i just wanted to get one not that i i wasn't picky about the horns when i was young but i just wanted to get one you know what i mean like she, that was my she just thing. wants the meat really right but cool. she doesn't want to shoot a doe she does not want to shoot a doe i wouldn't want to either. um but she does i wouldn't let her she no. she wants to i don't know because i don't know people might ask that but as a youth hunter you can shoot any sex um during any open season but you have to use the weapon of the season that's open at the time. Right. So, so she could, she's in rifle season. So she's going to, has a chance to shoot a right doe or buck, but that's just for people. She's in any legal weapon that. season. Yeah. Any legal weapon. So she could go back and use anything else. Yes. Um, I was just kind of thinking, you know, when I was young, I wanted to get something cause I wanted to learn how to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I went like you guys did with, you know, we'd go with our parents and they'd, or, you know, harvest something and, you know, you could watch them do it kind of a, you know, help a little bit kind of a thing. But, you know, when, when we got our first deer, you know, my dad had us do the whole thing. So you knew how to do it yourself. You know, that's the, 
that's kind of a, I know some people that, I don't know whether they didn't have luck or whatever, but they get up into their twenties and have never cleaned an animal before, whether they just unlucky or, you know, maybe when they were kids, their dad just jumped in there and did it or whatever. But then it's kind of like it, it gets, you know, it gets to a point where you got to shoot something and learn. Right. I was was lucky growing up because I, I was able to get right in there. Clinton, Clinton, Chad, they were so, especially with antelope, they're real bad with antelope, but with a lot of stuff, they were, you know, have asthma and allergic to it. And they, dad would never basically let them even get around it. Especially Chad, because he, I mean, basically died in that country when he was a baby. And, uh, so he, they never even got a chance to do any of that stuff until later on in life when they got on better medicine and, you know, outgrew some allergies and stuff, but. I could do it a little bit. It was it, it was the, when it was warmer. So antelope, not only the antelope hair was terrible for me, but it was also the hot weather. Yeah, but I oh, could do so. I could do some yeah. of the deer when it was you know snow on the ground, winter time. But it was me, cold. I, right up in there. Yeah. So I, I was able to do stuff. crawling in there. <laughs> it's a, another part of it too. I think for the average kid hunter, whatever the situation is, is there's two parts of it where you'll find out if you actually are a hunter and you're gonna enjoy doing it and in, in to the rest of your life. It's the pulling the trigger and taking an animal's life because some kids think they can do it and all of a sudden they do it and they don't really like it and they don't know that until after that and then on top of it even if they are good with that part of it the cleaning part if they can't handle the the, whatever the blood and guts kind of part of it they're not really going to be a very successful hunter for the rest of their life and it'd probably you might as well if they're going to get turned off by it you might as well find out if we're going to do it right away on right so yeah what uh what's your thoughts on uh so she you know, fast forward, uh, hypothetically speaking, whatever you want to say, she gets one. Do do we go traditional and make her gut it up there like we all did? Or are you going to show her the gutless method because you figure that's how she's going to go about? I, there's something to be said about teaching someone how to really gut one. You know? I would have her gutted if I'm her dad. That's what I did with. I guess I'm, I'm asking you, but we should be asking Jared. Jared. But what are your thoughts on I, that? Knowing Jared, Jared will, <laughs> Jared will have her gut it out. Yeah, let her get at the heart, you know. Let her get the liver sure. out of there and all that stuff for sure. Yeah, for I, I mean, I would do the traditional way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to try that just because there's there's going to be some times you have to. Sure, you're going to have to gut animals at some well, point. I mean, realistically, and if you could bring it back whole, you know. That's a that's a great thing, you know. If you're able to harvest one close to a road or something that you know you could bring it back whole, that's the yeah, way you're doing it, right? You're still I mean, going to gut the animal out, so yeah, yeah you, you got to gut it, to, you got to let it hang. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, know, you could hang it and skin it. You know, there, it, there's a good reason. There's a there's a good reason to learn how to do it both ways. You know, unfortunately, that takes two tags to learn how to do it both ways. Yeah. But no, I, I I'm with you guys. I think you got to teach her, and I think she'll want to knowing knowing her. She's I've never seen her around a dead animal before, um, but I know she's all about it. So I don't think this the that part of it's going to phase her at all. I think she's going to like give me the knife. Let me get in there. Are you going to go full blown uh, uh, influencer and pull out a bottle of uh, olive oil and salt and pepper and cook up some right back there? straps right there on the mountain? Of course. Maybe eat some raw liver like the Liver King. That's that's coming straight from Jared. He's like, I've been doing that since I was a kid, and we're going to keep doing that with my kid. Cooking it right Backstrap there. Backstrap or yeah. tenderloin right there. 
done. Everybody might only get a bite, but that's, that's what Maybe we Maybe we should try and cook up a little heart while we're... Uh... Yeah. I, I never... I've, I've had it before, but I never... As I, long there's as a you, lot of trimming and stuff involved. Trim, in it. but as long as you slice it very, very thin. Right. Yeah. Be fine. I'm not interested in liver. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if someone knows how to trim it up and cook it right, try a little hard up there. I'll bring some, onion, I'll bring some onions and peppers, everything yeah. from the garden, pickles. Are we you got to start thinking. I was thinking about that, never voiced it, but we got to think about what to bring up there to eat. Well, uh, now it's, it's a lot easier for me just because um, we only have to figure out really what Wednesday night, Thursday night, two nights. Because for me, Jared's bringing up tri-tip and everything. I'm for bringing, the 90s there. I'm bringing some steak, elk steak. Steaks. I mean, sure. I'll bring, I can bring an American almond beef, whatever. I'm bringing a Traeger. So, uh, maybe we do, uh, spaghetti or something with that ground and then cook up some steaks the second night and then we can coast into Jared's meal plan. I'd rather have tacos. Fine. I'm good with tacos too. Those are easy. You can get all the cutting done and everything here prep. Then just cause you never know how late we're going to be out coyote hunting. Right. Get back and have to just warm shit up. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I want to bring a... Uh, because of the d- delay. Too, here's the, the, here's, the, here's the only wild card. The only wild card is Bubba. He might come. And if he comes, there's going to be a lot of boom shakas and a lot of that, that wood over there. Um, you know. Skeet. Oh, skeet. Uh. So I... He's the only... The last time I hunted with Bubba <laughs> was in Mexico, and we killed like four coyotes. So. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But so, he had the time of his life. So should we just... If he does come, he's going with you guys Saturday morning. If he comes, he's doing push-ups at 4 a.m. with <laughs> yoga. He'll probably have a paddleboard out there on Boulder Reservoir, freaking doing downward dogs and whatever else those hippies do. He can't deer on. He's got too many bracelets on. He makes too much noise. <laughs> I do think he knows that, and he puts a like a leather sleeve over sleeve it over it. I like I like Gunt with Bubba. I heard Tom might come in old off. The, Tom's off coming the, for sure for filming and pictures, and yeah, I'm excited about that. Are you going to try and film that? Huh? Yep, for sure. And she's going to shoot, I believe, six five. Cream or Benelli. Yeah, Lupo six five. Um, I don't know. So that that's two, all good. Two seventy from the other day was nice. The one thing she's got the shooting skills, and with her dad, that the gun's going to be dialed in out to eight hundred yards. Oh, she, and, it's amazing. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be she, probably the easiest part of the hunt for her. A lot, a lot of kids just wonder if as long as she can hold together. the nerves. But yeah, never most, know with the butt fever. Yeah, you never know. But their shooting skills is the one thing you're probably not really you're not going to question that part. But you just wonder if she does get nervous. Yep. Yeah, that's the one thing you can't predict. What, um, I actually don't want to ask you that question because I don't <laughs> want you to answer the question. Uh, seven. Typically, already, no, already typically seven. north of, uh, we're going the north, north end of our state. What do you think? The deer can kind of be anywhere in that country, but in this, this heat, with this temperature, I know that's what I was going to say. They got to be around water. Guess, they're going to be around the water, water, and there's yeah. no, but there's no water because we've been in a drought for freaking ever. Yeah, so, there's still going to be some water. It's it's the high desert. There's so that's why, above, 
I don't want to talk specifics. I, I know. I'm just saying above yeah. there. Uh, we're, yeah, you know, high, above. a little bit higher. But we're going to have a short window in the morning and a short window in the evening. I agree. That then the coyote hunting is going to be kind of a little hit and miss there too. So mm. then we turn our efforts to bettering our situation on the arrowhead table. <laughs> I know it's a few spots. I know a few spots. <laughs> oh, I forgot I was going to mention, I'm going to bring, I got some firewood at my house. We're going to have a, Clint and I at least are going to have a little cigar at night. Jerry will. Jerry he loves will. smoking them cigar. Tom will. I don't know if Bubba will. I think he does. Bubba will be smoking a different kind of cigar. <laughs> Hippie. Have a couple of drinks, sit under the stars. It's going to be nice. Yeah. I'm people excited. are already experiencing. I've actually seen some pretty good holes on uh, coyote hunting already. I, a guy I know in Elko had like eight or nine from one day the other day, night hunting. So a little bit different gig, but buddy Rich had, about our buddy Rich week. had six or seven the other day. I, yeah. He's he was, a night hunter too though, right? He, I talked to him and he said that they killed, of the seven, there was three at night, four of the day. And the uh, day was, you know, four o'clock in the morning probably or something. I would say. I wonder that, how that goes if you're a night hunter. You, do do when, you start at first light and hunt all the way through and into the night as long as it, you can stay awake? Or do they just go out in the night and then push it through into the day? You, that's are, what I think. Are they living on Red Bull and just hunting 24 I hours would think, straight? I would think because the middle of the day sucks, right, with the heat, most likely. Oh, so they just back so they, off at that point? They, yeah. So they'll hunt. They'll you know sleep till noon, two, three, whatever, and then get up, hang out, go at night, and then... You're rested until go into the day till it falls 10, off. And yeah, then ten yeah. in the morning, and then huh. go back to sleeping. I, I would think. I imagine this, you try both sides of it. I'm sure there's, and that's one thing. I just that's why I don't personally. The main thing about night hunting is just the the sleep. You know, you just if you're gonna try to hunt during the day, like we always do, it's so hard to stay awake and stay alert and do that. But I would think they've tried it both ways. I think I'm just saying to say with about, the temperatures right now. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying if you get up, you know, if you actually go to sleep and you get up at two o'clock and you know, you hunt night hunt until dawn and then hunt that first part of the day. I, I would do that. Yeah. If I was going to go out for a night hunt, that's the way I would want to do it. Me too. Go to bed early and, and actually hunt, you know, the let's say th the three to four hours before the sun comes up versus you've been going during the day or in the evening or whatever, and you're going to try to hunt till two or three o'clock in the morning. And I mean, I'd be falling asleep on I would. Every time. I would hunt yeah. from whenever it got, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night till 10 in the morning. Yeah. That's what I would do. That's a long night. But I'd, your go, more, I'd go more like two o'clock. I'd try to sleep until like two, you know, three, four, I mean, a good three hours of dark before dawn comes. I think you'd have some pretty good that, success. You know, I mean, I, we've done it a little bit, but the, it's just not the same. You nope. know, like nope. the, the seeing like, at least in our state, you know, like we, we live in a, a pretty beautiful state and seeing all the sights and you know, seeing all the animals and I, like, you don't get that at night, right? You're just, you know, you don't you're just get driving it. around in the pitch black. Yeah. Plus their and, behavior. They're yeah, usually more say, cautious. And you're, and you're not getting that, that charging hackled up, you know, badass coyote that you want to see. You get a, you know, a set of eyes slinking through the sagebrush and I just, I'm not that into it. I mean, I, I get, you know, the pictures, you know, the next day of truck full of coyotes and the daylight looks cool, but. I just, I, I don't, I guess I just don't. I like seeing the, seeing the reaction instead of just, I mean, yeah. 
they they say with the new thermals and the night vision and all that, you get to see more of the action right. instead of just eyeballs, but it's not the same. But they, yeah, and they still don't, they're not charging, they're not, you know. But then again, like I said, the scenery, you know, seeing all the, mon, you know, the, the monument mountains that you know, and, you know, seeing deer and seeing antelope and seeing, you know, badgers and all that stuff that you run into in the daylight when you're out there, even just going to your next stand. That's what I'm saying, you know, driving to your next stand. You're just staring at your headlights on the on the road and get out and call and move. That's just not it's not the same to me. It's goes both ways. You get you know you go over all the pros and cons. You can hunt country at nighttime that you're not we're not necessarily going to hunt during the day as far oh, as yeah. terrain goes, right? So it does give you an opportunity to hunt a different part of the. You might we might hang up in the foothills and you know the rolling hills part of stuff, whereas you just go straight out across the flat at nighttime. So it gives you an opportunity to hunt a little bit different area. That's a that's a pro. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it, I mean, it, it seems like those guys are pretty successful. So, you know, you might be able to argue that they're from a conservation standpoint, they might be doing a better job than we're doing, you know, but I don't know. We've had some pretty what great days. In do the, you in think the light. that's an interesting topic? Do you think the night hunting affects the day hunting calling? Cause they're most likely using the same type of calls. So do they get educated at night? Now they're, you know, you go in and well, during the day. I got a feeling he touched on something that if you're night hunting, you're probably not going that far away from your truck because it's dark and sucks to walk in. And so, and you don't need to, right? Cause in the pitch black, you you can't see your truck anyway. So I bet you, they call a lot of places that we don't call you. I bet you, you know, just given an example that if, if you were on eight, a they're staying on the main road, right. And, and driving, whatever, half mile, whatever that number is, three quarters of a mile, stop, barely get off the road. If you get off the road at all type of thing. And but those coyotes are still coming from areas that we would call a mile off the road or sure. two miles off the road. They're still hearing that sound the whole time. And I'm sure it affects it for sure. I, I But at the same time, not much different than if, if anybody country's else been and, called, country's been called day or night. It's I don't think it's affecting it any differently than if somebody was in well, their calling during, during the day. Is that what you're getting at? I don't know. Well, if it's I'm a, just saying it's kind of more at night. If they are night hunting, especially in temperatures like this, how does their behavior towards that call, if it, let's say it's in pressured country, it's been called before and you go into it and you only day hunt, would they react the same as if you called that same pressured country at night because their guard is a little bit down or they have the protection of night? You can probably get away with a little bit more overnight. I think I would be, I think I would find a different sound set at night, you know, rodents, birds, birds, you know, probably stay away from the rabbits and fawns and stuff like that. You know, and obviously you're not doing a ton of distress, but maybe, you know, like the, uh, some howls and stuff at different, you know, but I like, like the rodent, you know, kind of activity at night and i seems and, to make sense like we were just talking how they're not really going to come bombing in they're going to be sneaking around be you can get away with a little bit more possibly with wind and you know maybe a little movement because it is dark but um the yeah, wind's almost it seems, a nothing it at seems least like the road is to me i think we all would agree like the rodent sound goes hand in glove with a, a dog that's kind of just being a bit more cautious right yeah 
you know, we think of that hard charge and one he's coming in to fight or it's just, he's coming in to, to compete for a meal, but the rodent just well, seems rodents. like it's the kind of animal that's a cautious, right? The lip smack and all that stuff. They stop, they, they come in a little bit, they stop again, they look and that, that's why those sounds work really good. Cause they're so subtle and quiet. Yeah. And the, yeah, and the rodents, typically those mice are out at night. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 so you got to you you do a little couple, uh, owl hoots and then hit a little, uh, wounded rabbit or wounded, uh, rodent. Yours, nocturnal kind of stuff yeah yeah and it but it's at the same time you kind of we do it during the daytime if if something doesn't seem to be clicking we we switch yeah. it up and try something else think about this you were talking about the whole pressure thing well if if we're hunting during the day you're saying that it, maybe it was called at nighttime if that's negatively affecting us or affecting us at all you could argue the fact that if we have a coyote that's alive that means they they got uh spooked for whatever reason right they're they they're alive they, they didn't get killed so if they did get pressured by a night hunter in let's say the night or two before we're out day hunting you could argue it helps us because they've they weren't tricked yeah if they actually had they heard the sound they respond to the sound and something made them go away well they're hungry now that messed up their night hunting. So the next day when you're in there calling, I think it actually potentially could help us in that they're going to react to us. Cause one, they, they had disrupted hunting at nighttime and they're going to be a little bit more hungry. And then, you know, as long as we did everything right, we could, I think we stand an increased chance of possibly calling them in. I don't know. We'll never know. Right. Unless right. we talk to a guy and says, Oh yeah, we were in there that night before in that same country. We've never had that happen. Right. Yeah. That's the only way you would really know for sure, but you can make an argument that it might actually help our success in the daytime. Unless they had a whole lot of success and killed seven or eight coyotes out of this flat. Well, of course, they they killed the coyotes that were going to respond to us. So if we had no action, yeah, it could negatively affect you. So. It'd be interesting to do some sort of, yeah, it, like you said, it'd be tough to get the information, but get some data on that and and you know, kind of analyze it. I, mean, I, I would, I would be interesting to interested to know what happens. We say it all the time out there, you know, that, you know, country has been called before, what, but what does that really mean? You know what I mean? Like we're, we're two guys in there, you know, calling we're four people in there, you know, four, four different trips of hunters in there. We're 10 different, you know, cause like, you know, you, you know, certain high traffic areas, what is high traffic in the predator hunting world? Is it, like I said, did, did four different teams of guys go through there in, in, you know, a two week span. And then we're there now the fifth guys in two weeks and you can't call a coyote to save your life. Or was it eight? What, what took it to sure. turn it off? And what it if was, it wasn't hunters? What if it was guys in there just, you know, yeah. they're bombing around and they're, and they're souped up, you know, how much credit are you giving the coyote? Right. <laughs> so they got the brain, the size of a, a hard boiled egg. Are we just bad hunters on the days it doesn't work out? And, and there is no such thing as pressure. No, no I know. because you, you know, always say cockroaches and coyotes are the yep. only things left. So they are yeah. smart. They're smart. Well, you, yeah, you've seen, you know, even when we are very conservative with a spot and hunt it like once a year, you know, you see that it, 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 it'll decline over time. They, they're generational in that, you know, aspect of the few of them that live, you know, if you, if you call in, three or four and you kill one or two, but that third one heard that sound. And then, you know, it's obviously harder to call him. And 
Well, they, also, they communicate like every other animal. You know, you, you can tell that they, well, you've, we've all had it. You shut the door too hard. They all light up and then you turn the call on. Nothing happens. It's because they, they knew, you know, yeah. they know what's going on. And that. it goes hand in hand with drought and yeah. how many animals are out there and how many new pups are in the area. And yeah. How's this are there? Did you um, have, uh, or did you hear any info? I was going to say, did your chickens lay, but you don't let your chickens lay eggs, uh, or let them come to <laughs> full fruition. But like John or anybody discuss how, how things, uh, reproduced last year. Did, did we have any information? Do you know? I haven't asked. Be interesting to hear that. A lot of the, a lot of it, you know, correlates to chickens is why I said that. Cause chickens are the same way, right? If you don't give them enough feed or enough water, they won't lay eggs and it's maybe that's nutritionally based to some degree but from what i've heard is they kind of know like you can't lay 15 eggs if there isn't enough water for the chicks to live you know and the coyotes respond the same way if there's not enough you know if, if you if you were to oversimplify it if i can't take care of these i'm not going to have them but they obviously don't have that that thought in their mind it's more there aren't resources enough to have nine puppies their bodies actually can yep. shut down and have one or two or none or whatever that so i've heard it before that the chickens are correlated to coyotes in that fashion you know so obviously a, a small group of chickens like yours are well fed and well all that but you know ones that are farm raised or whatever they call them you know free range i guess they're all well taken care of cage, too. cage free cage free yeah <laughs> what a, what a great marketing thing someone came up with there. That's for a different story, different podcast. I well, had a, uh, generally that's like the whole organic thing, right? Like right. it's all organic, right? It's fruit. It's, it's organic. Fruit, yeah. Uh, I wanted to wrap this up with a question to each of you and I'll, I'll start with Clint. What, what's your favorite part about going on a trip that we're about to go on? Whether you have a tag or don't have a tag, just, Getting out into that, yeah, and it's, into hunting. It's what, not what, like what do you I, like the most? That's kind of where I, and it's not just like, yeah, it'd be hard to sit there and say one thing, but it's, it's for sure the getting away, right? Getting away from the daily life and grind and cell phones and traffic and all that. I think just that the, the psyche part of getting out away from all of this, right? Even extra special of where we're going. You know, we always say that this, this area is our backyard. So when we get up in that area, we're, familiar with it and then um yeah to me that's that's what it is the psyche of just getting away from everything being in as we've said many a times god's country and um of course second to that if if i was going up there by myself it wouldn't be the same so obviously a big part of it is being with you guys in particular yeah. but being with other people right I in that you. same setting where nobody's I love you too Clay was just looking down on his cell phone, for example. So up there, that's not going to be happening, well, right? I was you, not. I was looking I, at Waylon. I thought that's what you're doing. Oh. But, if you, but anyways, you know, something like that, right? Like <laughs> you're, just, you're completely, all of us are completely away from oh, what we do every single day. So that's, to me, that's, that's at least what's on front of my mind. It's, the anticipation's higher as a result. We haven't done it in a while. So for sure, it's that. It's the, yeah. just the getting away from stuff. Is it the actual scouting for deer? Is it the actual sitting down in a stand? 
you know, turning the call on in the anticipation of spotting something up off on the horizon that's starting to charge towards you. Of course, that's part of it too, but for sure, it's just the simply, it's just getting away, getting yeah. out and getting out into the nature and, you know, the unknown of what, how it's going to be. It could be hot and miserable. It could be windy. It could be colder, but at the end of the day, no, that matters. Just getting away. Right. For sure. Clay, you've had some time to think. I already knew my answer before. Oh, you did? Yeah. What was it? I got two. <laughs> two? No, you had one. You had to have one. You had two. True. Um, one is basically the same as his, is being with the people, but it's m- more being with the everybody, like, at night. Sitting uh, he ar- stole mine. Sitting around. Playing guitar, having a cigar, having a whiskey, having a beer, whatever you're, you know, whatever you're doing, but hanging out the campfire, talking, telling stories of what just happened, you know, all that I think is number one for me for sure. Um, but number, a close number two would be the thought of this specific hunt in general, I would say what I just said after the hunt, but this specific hunt is the the excitement i get for a kid to do their first hunt think you're gonna cry i will cry for sure <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it <laughs> uh, and, you've, and you've obviously known ainsley your whole life so yeah. you're gonna be even more emotional so that that just that yes coyote hunting and getting away all that but this specific hunt that is going to take the cake for me yeah. just to her first hunt and hopefully being successful to be a hair more specific what i was going to say is that I like that time, right? When you early season, the later season, it's, it's cold. So it's not as fun, but when you get back to camp, you know, in the evening, cause it's still warm, still hang out, just cracking that first beer, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's 65 degrees. It's just about dark. That's the best. That's the best time of the hunt. Right totally there. different cracking a beer than getting home from work. And, yeah, you know, and, <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> on the couch, I mean, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same beer. It's the same taste. Same calories. They just but taste it's totally so much different. better out there. But that that <laughs> evening beer, right when you you know bag of chips comes out or Clay's uh, pickles if they're ready, you know, little snack, couple beers before you dive into making dinner and doing all that BS. That's the best part right there for me. You know, there's another, like a part of it while you're on that kind of subject matter, we were just kind of, I've been going back through some of our old footage and all that kind of stuff. And the thought came across my mind of, you do have the the thought, like just for example, being on my elk hunt on the east side of the state, when you're in the moment and stuff and you leave, you don't have it. But once you get back home, you sit there and go, I wonder if I'm ever going to get back there again. Right. Like to that specific spot, the same camp that you were in or the same canyon that you were in, you start to, I don't know, maybe it's just starting to get a little bit older and all that, but you start to sit there and go, God, I need to soak this in because there's a decent chance that I don't make it up on this ridge ever again. You don't think about it necessarily in the moment, there, but, but yeah, looking you... back at it, you go, wow, I'm, I mean, pretty good chance we're going to make it back up to the ranch and the, you know that kind of stuff. But sure. generally it's like, I wonder if there's, because there's places that we've all been right now and we aren't going to be back there again. We didn't think of it at the time. Like, wow, I better soak this in. I'm never going to make it back to this spot. Well, then you, you, know? you think about like, uh, you might make it back there, but it might be 10 years. Yeah. And think of, look how much like Boulder Mountains changed. When you think about, I mean, 
from us being kids, it, I mean, it's not even like recognizable anymore, but even when was, when was Chad's deer tag out there in 2017? <laughs> so five years ago that that was pre all those picnic tables and all that stuff they put out there. That was way longer ago than 2017. I was just going to say, way, it you said it was five years ago, then it was 10 years ago. Yeah, 2012 at least. The old adage, double whatever time was you it think really? it was. When he got it, that sunburn on his forehead? Absolutely. For sure. Oh, 10, that was, that was 10, a decade 2010 ago. or 12. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess we, yeah, we got, oh, wow. But that's part of it, right? Like time so, starts to, yeah. yeah. So you think about, even though we've been there in those 10 years, look how much it's changed. Sure. Now that now there's so many people out there, you, you hardly want to go. And I mean, I get, you know, they, I don't get it, but they put picnic tables and stuff out there to, I guess, attract more people to hang out out there or whatever. But, you know, like I said, now it's like, it's not the same Boulder Mountain. And, and you guys, I mean, I, I didn't get to experience, but, you know, when you were hanging out on the 7Z, I guess I went out there once. You, all of a sudden, now you can't go there anymore, right? And it's like, like you said. I'm not, not that you would never go back there. You can't go back there now. Pikachu's. Yeah. Or pig, what were they? I can't even remember. I still can't remember what they <laughs> are. Something like that. <laughs> Pikachu. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a trip. It's like, well, no. you think about like the frog ponds when we camped up there in that jumping jack. So that was 10 years ago for sure, right? More than that. Uh, and so we haven't been back there. No, it's, it is something we all really should start doing. All of the three of us, all all of you listening kind of stuff like. I mean, I'm 46 years old. I'm the senior in the room right here. I guess you do have to start going in the moment. We go up to X spot and you just have to take just 10 seconds and go, hmm, there's a decent chance I don't get back up to this specific spot ever again. I might as well just yeah. kind of like log that into my memory right now and take a deep breath and enjoy it a little, just a little bit more. And really when you think about getting older, you know, hiking into some of the spots that we've hiked into, probably a good chance we're not ever going back there again. You know, as you get older, it's only getting harder. Shit, I saw you limping into the podcast studio today. There's a good chance you won't hike back up in there, huh? Right. At least this That's trip. what I mean. <laughs> might be that might have been I might have seen the last of it for a while. <laughs> Could do some road hunting. <laughs> be hunting off this it'll be night hunting. <laughs> nah, but it's good. It's 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 for all of us, it's about getting away from we have that daily grind. I I'm sure most people out there would cite that as their if it's not their top top thing, it's way at the top of the list. Just something special about getting out away from regular society, period. It's better doing what we do, for sure. I, I mean, not knocking people that go out for hikes or they're going out paddleboarding or whatever it is. They have the same kind of spiritual experience. Ours just happens to revolve around somebody pulling a trigger on something. Yep. I think, uh, I think that'll do it for us today. I'd love to tell you that next time you hear from us, we'll be telling success stories, but that's not true. Seven, uh, ten, or ten plus. We got one more. We got one more day in the uh, studio before we go out there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Probably be partial packing slash podcasting day, and then and then we'll come back and give you a progress report. Maybe we'll talk about the essentials. Like, what do you take when you go on a trip like this? So maybe we'll go do a little packing first, and then we'll come in and talk about. What what we had to have, what what there's things that you think you can leave them home, but you never leave them home, and you may never use them, but you need them if you got if you got to have them. 
So yeah, we'll do a little gear. Uh, we'll do a little gear episode next week, and then uh, then we're hitting the road from uh, our boys and gals over at Six Hour. See ya. Enough to get me by. I was raised in an early age when you shake a man's hand, looking square in the eye. I'm real cool, old school, don't lie to me, fool. Ain't a thing about me fake. I'm a modern day John Wayne with my daddy's last name.